Everybody would like some, um, what are they called, candy canes uh, after the service. So for those at home, so you miss out, but our tree's full of them. And because somewhere in the next week or two or whenever somebody does take their tree down, we need to get rid of these. So if you've got children that you'd like to ruin their teeth, please take them home in Jesus' name. If you just like them for yourself, if you've got no teeth, they're perfect. Okay. All right. <laughs> Wow, they will keep because of the sugar in them of that, there is no doubt. Uh, um, Just a quick one, while we were uh, worshipping, God just reminded me of something. Um, Vicky, that last song that we were singing, Run to the Father, um, the bridge, that final bridge that we're singing, can you just put it up on the screen for a minute? Yeah, and the next one, um, I think it's the running into your arms, running, and the next one again. I feel this rush deep in my chest. Your mercy's calling out. Um, I felt like God was reminding me as, as I was singing, and so I went for a little bit of a search and then took some screenshots so that I could share it with you. There's a reason that in this place, in this house, <laughs> I try to limit where I can walk. Do you hate that? I'm Italian. I've got to walk and move my hands. So... Um, the reason that we love worship in this house is not just because we like singing. Um, I, I keep talking about, and I've shared before in the past, about a church I visited in the US. And they are a phenomenal church, a successful church, over 20,000 people church, but they don't sing for longer than 12 minutes, worship longer than 12 minutes, because men don't like to worship, apparently. I, I said while I was there, it wasn't well received, you mustn't know many European men. <laughs> Because we just, we like to sing, you know, we, we don't mind showing our emotions, let's say. But there's a reason that we feel this rush deep in our chest, our mercy is calling out when we're actually worshipping together. There's, there, there's a, a, a prophetic word in Genesis uh, about the dream where, it, and you can look into it for yourself, Genesis 28, but it's, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth and with its tops reaching to the heaven, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And then you come to John 1, and Jesus says, He then added, Very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Where does Jesus live? Yeah, that's a great. He's everywhere. In us. The Spirit of God is in us. And so when we step into a place of worship, where we truly abandon ourselves, not give lip service, but abandon ourselves in worship, where we connect with the Lord emotionally, yeah? The angels are ascending and descending on the Son of Man, on the Spirit of God that lives within us. When we worship, we actually open an atmosphere, a trap door to heaven, if you like, for angels to come and minister to us. Why are there people that can see angels? It's not because they're special, but they... I wish I could see them, I often sense them, but it's because in this place of worship of full abandon, we open this door, you know, almost, you look up almost like those, you know, when you've got an addict and you're pulling down a ladder. We open a door in our worship when our hearts are open for the angels to ascend and descend. And so if anybody ever asks, for those that are watching at home, Jesus' church really likes to worship, they like to sing, dang, you've got no idea, you know, no idea. It'll, it's happened before, it'll happen again. There won't even be a need for a sermon because we'll just be in the presence of the living God. So, hey, if you wonder why I love to stay in worship, that's why. I, as Ross shared earlier, I could truly stay there all day. 
um, when the presence of God is like that. But for now, let's pray. We'll get into a word and uh, we'll go from there. So Father, we just thank you, God, for what we have already experienced. We thank you for the freedom of this house. We thank you, Lord, for churches everywhere that are meeting today and glorifying the name of Jesus. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move in such a way that people would be set free, people would find Jesus for the first time. Lord, people would walk away, Lord, from their houses, God, their families, more and more in the image of your Son with ever-increasing glory, that this would be a day of dramatic change, of life change, of freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. So last week we were looking at um, Mark and we were talking about new beginnings, having a fresh start. And I want to continue with that, but I, I, I want to keep reading further along. So with Mark chapter 9, if you've got your Bibles, great. Whether you open a book or whether you turn to it on your phone, can I encourage you? Yeah, I, I know we can be lazy sometimes because we put it up on the screen and all that sort of stuff. But there is an importance in reading the Word um, and I'll probably get to that later. But from verse 9, I'm going to read. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being <laughs> torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At once, the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended to him. So fresh starts. Last week, we, I, I suggested last week that sometimes a fresh start requires a repentance. And generally speaking, in Christian world, they don't, people love that word and they overkill that word and they link it to sin, which is really sad because sometimes repentance is just about going back to your dad and saying, I'm sorry you know, what I've been doing hasn't been 100% right. I know that. I felt it in my spirit, yeah? Sometimes a fresh start just needs repentance. And I, I felt last week was a really good message. I thought it was challenging. I thought it was real. And I think it's life-changing for those of us that will grab hold of it. But what does it take to sustain a fresh start? For you and I, here we are, 2022, what does it take for us to actually sustain any new beginning? Because I would suggest that most of us here and watching at home actually enjoy new beginnings, new starts. I, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't like the smell of a new car, if that's your new start, you know, or, or a new diary for those that are old school and like to journal. Yeah, or, or what about a fresh coffee or tea? Mel loves a fresh tea because the tea that she makes for herself in the morning, she finishes at two o'clock in the afternoon after she's microwaved it about three or four times. So a fresh tea is usually a good thing, I reckon. Um, yeah, fresh packet of Tim Tams because I had the last Tim Tam that was in the fridge here in the church that's been there since about October the 12th and it probably didn't taste as good as it should have. Um, what about a freshly mowed lawn? Don't you love that smell when gra grass is actually cut and you, you're walking through? There's a smell to it that's actually really lovely. You know, fresh vegetables are really cool. You know, fresh starts, new beginnings, new babies, brand new stuff. But with all the newness that comes with any fresh start, Sometimes there's fear. Yeah? Fear can grip us and fear can take hold of us in those new beginnings because there are times where new beginnings just have their challenges because they actually take us outside of our comfort zone. Yeah? And last week I, I, I shared that sometimes when we experience a new beginning, you know, we don't want those new beginnings. You know? the, the new job that we didn't bank on but we had to take and then we're actually feeling totally uncomfortable there because it we're outside of our comfort zone probably because we're outside of our skill set 
or, or moving into a new area, starting a new school, having to find new friends. You know, the list really goes on and on. You know, you, you get told you've got a terminal illness. You find out that your partner's got some sickness that they didn't know about. You know, it just really, the list goes on and on of new beginnings that we don't choose. Now, with Jesus, though, Jesus didn't need a new beginning like us because Jesus had never sinned. <laughs> He'd never sh fallen short of the glory of God. Yeah? He was the son of God. Jesus never messed up. So Jesus never had anything in his own life to get right like we do. Jesus came, as you and I know, to be the solution for our relationship with God. And so he takes care of that. And while he takes care of that, he takes care of the stuff that separates us from God's sin. Yeah? And he dies on this cross to restore that which was lost, that relationship, our identity as sons and daughters. And then, then he gets baptized in the place where sinners were. Yeah? If you think about it, where he went to John, people were repenting of their sin, repenting of their separation from God. And then Jesus comes and says, hey, by the way, you need to baptize me. Yeah? So he, he gets baptized in the place of those that are separated from the Father. And he doesn't even have to repent from sin yet because he doesn't sin. <laughs> but you and I, we need a new beginning. I need a new beginning. And even though Jesus didn't need new beginnings, yeah, there are moments in Jesus' life that here we are at the beginning of the year that we probably should take note of if we want to sustain any fresh start that you and I are going to step into this year. Yeah. There are just moments. Here's a simple one. Jesus always kept the Sabbath. Yeah? There'll be people that hate this, right? Jesus always kept the Sabbath. And guess what? Jesus went to the mountains to pray. He didn't Sabbath on the mountains. Yeah? He Sabbathed in the temple with the people of God. He Sabbathed in fellowship with God's people in the synagogues. That's what he did. That's how he Sabbathed. You know, so often you hear people say, I feel close to God when I'm at the beach with the water and the sand just between my toes. Yuck, right? I feel God when I'm just walking in nature and I hear his voice and I see it and I smell it in the flowers. That's awesome. But that's not where Jesus Sabbathed. He Sabbathed with the body. He Sabbathed with the church in the synagogue. Yeah, that's how he Sabbath. Jesus knew what it was to be with God's people. He actually knew. And in fact, if you read the word, he would make almost a fresh start every day to be with his people. Yeah? Jesus got away from the crowds. So I guess from that sense, he needed to be refreshed and to have a new beginning. <laughs> but that's not where he Sabbath. He understood, though. He did understand, even though he didn't need new beginnings, he understood the glory of, of, of for those of you that have been fishing and and you've fished for hours and caught nothing nathan looks at me and goes yes that's you dad right though jesus i reckon jesus knew what it was like to to actually get a fresh batch of fish and then cook it on a barbecue because that's what he did for his disciples yeah. He knew, he would, he would have known growing up what it was like to take freshly baked bread out of the oven, that smell. Yeah. They're stone ovens, rock ovens, what are they called? Charcoal ovens. Um, yeah. Where, where, where? 
Yeah, not, yeah, it's like a pizza oven, but you know when you get a pizza you get a pizza that's not in a normal oven? A wood fire oven. There's the words I was looking for, yeah. He would have known those had those experiences of a new batch of bread and a new batch of fish, but that's about his extent of new beginnings compared to you and I. Yeah? But but here in Mark, it's something significant because it's a new beginning for Jesus. A new beginning that he didn't need, yeah? Because in the sense that it's the beginning of his ministry. Because Mark kicks off, as I shared last week, and he just sort of introduces Jesus from the outset. The last 30 years didn't even matter. Jesus is just here. He's just, he's just starting his ministry. And there's been a promise of the one who will come. And here he is in verse 9. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So, so Jesus comes from Nazareth. He leaves his business. He leaves his family. He leaves his hometown. He gives up everything so that he can continue the work of the Father. Now that is a fresh start. That is a brand new beginning. So so watch what happens. He leaves Nazareth, verse 9. If you keep reading the scripture, Jesus is baptized by John immediately, it seems, verse 9. Then the Father speaks words of affirmation to him, encouragement, verse 10 and 11. Then the Spirit leads him into the wilderness, verse 12. And then Jesus resists temptation, verse 13. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in four verses, yeah? Last week, when I spoke last week, the backdrop to everything that Mark was talking about and and, and what was happening in Jesus' life was the wilderness. But as we move forward now into this passage of Scripture, the, the backdrop's actually the Trinity. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost working together in perfect unity, yeah? So last week we talked about this fresh beginning and now we're looking at the Trinity working in unity and I just want to put it out there from the very beginning. If we're going to sustain any fresh start, any new beginning that we have, that we need, yeah, we need to be in connection, in relationship with the Trinity. Yeah? You'll often hear people um, say that they're, they're not Trinitarians. You know, where does the Bible actually use the word Trinity? Where does it talk about the Trinity, I'd suggest it's everywhere. (laughs) But especially in this particular passage, because the Father blesses the Son, it says, then the Spirit leads the Son, then the Son obeys the Father in the power of the Spirit, and then He's empowered to withstand temptation from the enemy by the Spirit. If that's not the Trinity working together, I I really don't know what is. So here's a statement, the takeaway for today, right? The key to sustaining a new beginning is to know the Father. You and I, we need to know the Father. We sung about him this morning. We talked about running into his arms. We need to know the Father through the Son in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. we, We talked about God raising up a highway in the middle of a wilderness. So, And then a voice speaks, and it speaks to direct us to Jesus. And that voice was all about getting us onto the highway. So today, you and I need to know, if we're going to walk on this highway, if we're going to walk in this fresh beginning, if we're going to walk in this new start, there are going to be some obstacles that come against us. They will. We have no choice. They're coming. If you've never had an obstacle, that's fantastic. You're a liar. Uh, Because we all have. Legitimately, regardless of how young we are, we've all had obstacles, distractions will come. They, they will try to discourage us and take us off the pathway. There's a, 
a UK pastor, uh, Michael Catt, double T, and he says, The enemy dangles carrots to entice God's people to leave his will and go for their dream job. Right? This is just one of his out there comments. Yeah? Far too often they find out the pursuit of a better life led them to Egypt and not the promised land. Don't miss God's best right where you are. Yeah? Such, it is such a powerful quote. So I just want to encourage us all today to stay on the pathway to follow the Lord, the one that he's put you on, being filled with the Holy Spirit and be obedient to the heavenly vision. Don't, don't be derailed. Don't be distracted by distractions. Yeah? You know? And, and that's what it's, I guess it's all about today, especially if you don't want the new beginning to be damaged, if you don't want your fresh start, whatever it might be, to be damaged, then you need to know that distractions will come your way. So you need to know how to sustain them in the things of God. But isn't that our life often? That we start out brand new, you know? We begin with clarity. We lean into the big things. We begin to, to focus on our priorities. And then a month later, you know, I'm thinking of like Jim, you know? And then a month later, we've forgotten all about our priorities yeah, and we're distracted by the things that come our way, the better things, you know, new priorities. Verse 9 reads, And that time Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. We can apply this to our lives straight away. To have a new beginning, we need to, yeah, be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and then live a life that goes with that baptism. Live a life that goes with that baptism baptism this statement actually relates to every single one of us whether you're here live whether you're watching at home you know if we don't know the lord then we need to come to know the lord but if we actually know the lord the very next thing that you and i should have done was to be baptized and i said last week and i say it again if you've not yet been adult baptized you need to consider it there is a reason that jesus did it there is something that unlocks in your spirit that you just can't find sometimes in the written word but you can experience in jesus name by the power of the holy spirit yeah and the very first thing that jesus did in his public ministry he was it was to be baptized so he I reckon he calls us to do the same. And my guess that most of us in this room that believe in Jesus have been baptized. But if you don't believe on him today, if you're at home and you don't believe in Jesus, then today's a day to make a decision for him. And if you're here and you've never been baptized, I would just say, maybe it's time to obey him. Maybe it's time to be immersed in water. Express your faith, you know. Actually, if you're, like, if you're within vicinity, we can do that next week. Really easy to fill up the baptismal. It's only the worship team that are worried about falling in. Like, we're all good to go. We could do that next week if you like. But if you've been baptized, isn't the word then to us, we now have to live the baptized life? Yeah? That means we keep dying to self. That, that means we keep raising again in Jesus' name. It, it's, it's like a rhythm of life for a believer. Like, we die to self, we rise again. Now, we're saved once and for all. Our eternity is assured, yeah? We are sons and daughters of the living God, but there's stuff in our life that we die to daily. The things that I used to do, used to say, used to watch, there are things that over time have changed as I've died to self, you know, as I'm being transformed more in the image of Jesus. You know, I'll tell you something that 
All we have to do, we sang it this morning, run to the Father. We often just have to go back to the Father, to Daddy, and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Man, I, I, I fluffed that big time. You are my Savior. Can you just help me live this life? I don't know how many times I have prayed the prayer, hey, Lord, help me be a better husband. Help me be a better parent. Yeah, help me be a better pastor. Because we run to him. He has wisdom and advice, yeah? That's the pattern of being a Christian. They're the ebbs and flows. You don't become perfect because you say yes to Jesus. It's not how it works. So if you find yourself going through struggles and then you find yourself feeling bad about it and beating yourself up, let me encourage you. Everybody else does too. <laughs> like everybody beside you, behind you, in front of you, Yeah? Those that you're picturing, those with the halos around their heads, those with mega ministries, they go through the same stuff. Don't think that you're the only one that has no faith in moments of struggle and tribulation. Yeah, Everybody goes through that experience. But if we're followers of Jesus, we sung the songs where he calls us back. He actually calls us back onto that road. And he says, come and join me. Yeah, come and enter in, come and walk with me and I'll walk with you. That's, that's the call, eat with me and I will eat with you. You know, even if you feel far away and disconnected today, which we all have moments, yeah? Even if you feel far away and disconnected from Jesus, we just invite you back. Go, go to the Father today, come to the Father today, you know? You know, I believe this, is, this can be a life-changing moment for someone today. There's an opportunity for some to say, I need a fresh start, a new beginning. You know, I, I, I need fellowship. I need a group. I need a Bible study. I need a church family. I need something. But it does require somebody to speak something out, yeah? I just want to say, don't give up. Keep going in Jesus' name. You know, the second thing, to sustain a new beginning, and this one can be really hard, is to decide to be led by the Holy Spirit and keep in step with him, even if the next step's difficult. That's exactly what happens to Jesus, isn't it? Because we know that he's going to be led into the wilderness. And so Jesus appears in Mark, he's baptized, and then he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Man, what an intro to Christianity. Woohoo! Yeah, man, amen. I love you, Jesus. Baptized. Oh, yes, I'll go into the water. Oh, you want to take me to the wilderness? You're joking. As Will Smith would say, hell no. Yeah? But if we're going to be led by the Spirit, we need to be led by the Spirit, even if the next step's difficult. And Jesus is led by the Holy Spirit, and Jesus keeps in step with the Holy Spirit, even if the next step is to face your worst enemy. In this case, his most horrendous enemy. I mean, David had to face Goliath. Jesus, the son of David, faces Satan in the wilderness. And then he chooses to fast for 40 days while he's there. You know, we sometimes think we're struggling because the fridge is broken. You know, my boys were struggling yesterday because the power went out in Mount Clear. The update I got as I text said it's not coming on till 6.30. Then I got an update text that said it's not coming on till 8.30. I'm telling you, hearts sank. What are we going to do? Our life's over. Take me home, Jesus. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, power call. Power's back on. And life was back to normal. 
amazing. Absolutely amazing. But here's Jesus facing his worst enemy and for 40 days not eating. And 40 days the devil tries to ruin him. 40 days the devil tries to cause him to sin. But this son of God never sinned. And isn't it awesome? Because though he was tempted in every way, our Savior, the Son of God, didn't sin. That's what he passes on to us, that victory. And so Jesus is baptized. And then in verse 10, it shows the Holy Spirit coming down on him like a dove. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. Most of us know, if you ever see a symbol of a Christian dove, particularly on a car, don't drive behind them because they'll be the worst drivers. No, seriously, no, it's true, but they shouldn't put like, don't say you're a Christian, don't do it. You're better off saying you're, you're satanic because you drive like that. But if you ever see a symbol of a Christian dove, it's the symbol of the Holy Spirit. It's actually the symbol of Jesus' presence in our lives, yeah? Because if, if you and I actually tried to live the Christian life without Holy Spirit, yeah, it would be miserable. It, it would, like we would, we do. We struggle enough with Holy Spirit, but without Him, we would just fail daily, absolutely daily. And, and Jesus has the Spirit of God upon Him, and then the heavens open. Isaiah 64 in verse 1 actually declares, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. In other words, tear open the heavens. So the prophecy in Isaiah 64 is fulfilled in this moment, in that declaration. It's totally fulfilled. Heaven is torn open and the Father's voice can be heard. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. That word tearing from there is the same word yeah, where the curtain was torn in the temple when Jesus was crucified. It's the same word, and it symbolizes that now we have access into the Holy of Holies. We have access into the very places of heaven that we would never entitled to go. But now as sons and daughters, we can. It symbolizes that we have a relationship with the living God. Isaiah's prophecy in 64 is finally fulfilled. Heaven is torn open. The Father speaks. And Jesus here is filled with the Spirit. And, and, and he receives this affirmation, this encouragement from the Father. He's the sinless Son of God. He's the Lamb of God that's going to take away the sins of the world. He's the one that the voice says, this is my Son with whom I'm well pleased. And what happens straight away? What happens immediately? There's no fanfare. There's no parade. There's no hundreds and thousands of people yeah, glorifying God. No, instead, he's taken into the wilderness straight away isn't isn't that often the father's father god's way like we're ready to serve we're you know we think we're great people are going to love this they're going to love my worship they're going to love my message they're going to love my sermon they're going to love what i've done for them they're going to think i'm a great person people are going to honor me but instead we find ourselves working through and walking through the wilderness and the enemy, Satan, tries to tempt us. So what is it that the Holy Spirit actually does? If it was the Spirit of God that led Jesus into the wilderness, what is it that the Holy Spirit actually does? Everything the Holy Spirit does points to Jesus. Everything. Even when it doesn't look like it. Everything. Everything the Holy Spirit does is to confirm the mission 
of Jesus. Think about it. When the Holy Spirit's alive and at work in us, doesn't he lead us? Doesn't he send us out to be a people that demonstrate Jesus? Doesn't he encourage us to pray for the sick so that we can see healing? Doesn't he give us words of knowledge so we can lift people up in our faith? Doesn't he, like this morning with Mel, give us prophetic words so we can speak life into others? That's what the Holy Spirit does inside of us. Everything the Holy Spirit does points to Jesus. John 14, 26, 27 says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. So the Spirit of God doesn't freak us out. The Holy Spirit is what gives us peace. Because it says in verse 27, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give it to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the Holy Spirit first teaches us. And after the Holy Spirit teaches us, he then gives us peace. And we receive peace upon his teaching. Who needs peace? Come on. Like seriously, you and I, we don't get peace from worrying. Matthew 6 tells us that we don't get peace from worrying. We get peace through the Holy Spirit. And peace not only through the Holy Spirit, it's a fruit of the Spirit. And yet here we are the beginning of 2022 and we've had a couple of years that are from hell, really, if you ask most people. And we've got believers everywhere that aren't living in peace right now. That are not living in peace right now. We need to let the Holy Spirit lead us and then we need to let the Holy Spirit teach us because after he teaches us, he then gives us peace. He gives us peace. Like he gives it to us. So if we don't have it, it's not on God. Yeah? We don't get peace unless we allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. So even if we're going through trials, even if you're going through difficult things, you and I, we have the Spirit. It says in John 15, 26 and 27, same verses but different chapter, when the Advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So the Spirit just testifies about Jesus. The Holy Spirit doesn't make people do weird things. You know, the Holy Spirit points to Jesus, testifies about Jesus. And if we have the Spirit, that means that we will somehow point to Jesus too. That means somehow you and I will testify of Jesus too. Yeah? Because that's what the scripture says. So the mark of the Holy Spirit in our lives, at work in our lives, is that the message of Jesus goes out somehow. It doesn't have to be verbally. It could be you praying on someone. Who knows? But when the Spirit of God talks to you, he talks to you. I love that. That's the Holy Spirit. When he says, I will build my church, that's how he does it. John 16, 8 to 11, when he comes... He will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. Uh, another phrase for he will prove is he will convict us. Yeah, Even as a Christian, even as a believer, even as someone who is no longer a sinner saved by grace, but now a son and daughter of God, he can still, as I can with my own children, convict them if their lives aren't right. Yeah, You know when you do something wrong. You know, in your Noah, you ever had that feeling? You do something, you say something, you react away, you drive away, you double park your car, I don't know, you do something, you know, you see someone drop $20, you quickly run up behind them, pick it up, put it in your pocket, walk away. You know those moments? Never. 
Well, some people probably would, Christine. I've never done that. I don't know. I can't remember. But you know when you know you've done something wrong and you know it inside of you. You know it. That, that's part of the conscience that God put in, in our soul, in every single one of us. That's how our conscience works. But if you're a believer, it's also the work of the Holy Spirit convicting us. And sometimes we might even feel bad when we read the Scripture because as we read the Scripture, we may, Holy Spirit may show us that our lives don't actually match up all that well. You know, sometimes that's why believers stay away from the Bible because it convicts them of how they're living the life. That's why some believers stay away from church because in their knower, we kind of know that we're going to get this bad feeling because what we're doing or what we've done is not entirely right and I just don't want to feel that way. There's no reason to stay away from the Scriptures. There's no reason to stay away from Jesus. There's no way... There's no reason to stay away from the people of God, even if we get that bad feeling. Because what the Holy Spirit does when the Holy Spirit convicts us of the stuff that brings no glory to God, what the Holy Spirit is doing is giving us an opportunity to draw closer to Him. And I don't know about you, but I want to draw closer to Him. And if that means He needs to point out the stuff that brings no glory to God and convicts me in my soul, so then I can run to the Father, will so be it, do it so that I can run to the Father. And if we have that feeling of conviction in our lives, we can run to the Father. What does the song say? I love it. I love it saying that this morning. Again and again and again and again and again. Whoa. Again and again. Yeah. Again and again and again and again. So whenever it happens, all we have to do is turn and surrender to Him. I love it that He gives us a way all the time. We continue that, that passage in John. That was verse 8, verse 9 to 11 about sin. It just reads, because people do not believe in me, about righteousness, because I'm going to the Father, where you can see me no longer, and about judgment, because the prince in this world now stands condemned. So the Holy Spirit, just in that passage, testifies, teaches, convicts, guides, encourages, gives peace, shines a light on everything that Jesus does, and then empowers us, the believer, to witness. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So when I get out of step, I lose peace. And so if I lose peace, what spills out of me is not the Spirit. It's me. And if you ask my family when that happens, it's not very nice, is it? No. Say no. No, that's good. Because if you said you liked it, I was in trouble. There's nothing good about that. But when I'm in step with the Spirit, what comes out of me is the Holy Spirit because He fills our cup to overflowing. You know, that's the, really the second point is to be filled with the Spirit. You want to sustain your new beginnings, be filled with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit even if the next thing is a difficult thing. That's where most people don't want to be led by the Spirit when the next thing is a difficult thing. But He will give you strength. Luke 12, 11 to 12 says, When you're brought before the synagogues, Rulers, authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what you should say. As long as you're being led by the Spirit, He will give you the words, the strength, and the power when it's needed. 
And thirdly and finally, really, is my time's, I've got about an hour, <laughs> an hour left. I've got about an hour left. Excited. Woo! Everyone goes, amen. I love this church. And I've got about a minute and a half left. Verses 12 and 13 read, At once the Spirit sent him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and angels attended him. So important to keep your worship on. I'm just going to throw that out there. To sustain our new beginnings, yeah? We need to understand that the enemy is real. Our war, our battle, our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We need to know the enemy is real because when we know he's real, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, he need to know he's real. He was with the wild animals and the angels attended him. When we know the enemy is real, we will receive divine power to overcome. We will receive divine power to be strengthened. Straight away, the Spirit leads Jesus in the, the wilderness, and we see a showdown, you know, a showdown taking place between the, the Prince of Peace yeah, and the Prince of Darkness. Let me say this, just because, just because trials and difficulties are present in your life, in my life, does not mean that God is absent from your life. Here was Jesus, led, in this, led by the Spirit into the desert, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, and Satan, the Prince of Darkness, in the one place at the one time. So just because we have struggles in our life does not mean that God is absent from it, yeah? You've got to understand that for yourself to be encouraged. And, and I love this because he's in the wilderness, he's facing his enemy, but God gives him the victory. And so he gives us the victory in all our circumstances. In everything we face. So, so often we pray to get out of the trials that we're in. So often we want God to get us out of the wilderness that we're walking through. But the truth be that if I actually look back today at all my life and all the stuff that I've been through, particularly the yucky stuff, the stuff that I wish I'd never gone through, I would not be who I am or be where I be had I not walked through it. Just because you're going through trials and tribulations does not mean that God is absent from your life. But you and I, we can thank God over and over and over that Jesus got the victory. And ultimately, if we sustain, if we hold on, if we led by the Spirit, yeah, if we actually know the enemy's real, if we wait for the empowering, he gives us the victory too. Why don't we stand? It's time to go home. You know, there are some here today, there are some that are, are listening at home. And you're going through trials, you're going through struggles, you're going through things you don't understand. The fact that you're going through trials and struggles doesn't mean that God's not in your life. I just want to repeat that over and over. But know that he gives you and I the power to shine, the power to make a difference. In fact, when you're going through your trials and your tribulations, just like they've written about Jesus, people will actually notice Jesus in you, the way that you walk through them. You know, I think of people even within our own house, that are going through, you know, some health issues. People that we know that, that when we look to them and we think, how are you still glorifying God? How are you still praising his name? But geez, with all that you're going through, I still see Jesus in you, yeah? I could rattle off a whole bunch of names in our church alone. We still see Jesus in them, shining through them, regardless of the trials and the tribulations they go through. Does that make sense? So let's understand that the enemy's real. He does want to wreck a new beginning. But we've got a God that's got victory. 
you know thank god that jesus passes that victory on to us though he knew no sin he became sin and he still had victory i love that so we're going to pray let's pray that we'll be able to actually in our fresh start in our new beginning know you know hey we've been baptized by the father the son the holy spirit we're going to live in in the going to live that baptism life we're going to allow holy spirit to speak to us to lead us to teach us even if it's going to be difficult and we know we know we know we know the enemy is real but knowing he's real we know that we've got a god who's going to give us and place upon us and within us divine power to be strengthened to overcome so father i thank you lord i know that we're at the beginning of 2022 we're at the beginning of a new year Lord, for many of us, there's new beginnings ahead. There's new family, new babies. There's all sorts of stuff about to break open. But God, in all of that, Lord, in some of the tension of all of that, we just trust you. We rely upon you. We rest in you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are there for us, that you've never left us, never forsaken us, that you continually walk with us, that you empower us. I thank you that you show us through your word over and over and over again that we have the victory in Jesus' name. So no matter how life tough gets, no matter what trials and tribulations may come, if, we, if our Savior can stand up against the enemy, Lord, at the beginning of his ministry, Father, we know that we can face anything and have victory in Jesus' name. So Lord God, do what you need to do in us today. Revive dreams, Father. Revive promises, God. Remind us, paint pictures in our mind's eye of things that we may have put to rest and possibly thought were dead. But Lord, bring to life things, God, a fresh start, new beginnings that we may walk into in 2022. That, Father, those that look to us would, Father, not only see the struggle and the trial and tribulation, but would see Jesus in us and would see the victory through us. Father, we pray. So we thank you. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your son. We thank you for this day. And all these people said, Amen. Amen. Have a wonderful.